So uh, that was shocking, absolutely shocking for me and disappointing and, and, and it caused enormous pain because I had to change my plan. I had to make decisions that were very tough here in the business. But out of that came a lot of good, you know. Want to boost your productivity and decision making? Get vital insights from each episode delivered directly to your inbox. A great resource whether you've listened to the episode or not. Go to benfanning.com slash insight. Welcome back to Lead the Team with number one best-selling author and in-demand corporate trainer, Ben Fanning. On this podcast, the world's most innovative senior leaders share their top success strategies to motivate your direct reports, cultivate your top leaders, and accelerate your career. Let's get started. Here's Ben. Hello, everyone. I've got a terrific episode in store for you today with Giancarlo Alonso, also known yeah. as Mr. Manufacturing. And Absolutely. he grew his family business. He's cheering me on, y'all. I love this guy already. He grew his family business fivefold as president and CEO of AmeriCorps. And if you're not familiar yeah. with these guys, they've become the fastest growing walking cooler and freezer company operating from a state-of-the-art 200,000 square foot facility in South Florida. Giancarlo is passionate about manufacturing, its impact on the American economy, and building teams and people that are proud to work in their industry, and producing, of course, quality products made right here in the U.S. of A. He's also completed a three-year owner-president management program at the Harvard Business School, and Giancarlo has also won various accolades, including South Florida Business Journal's 40 Under 40, South Florida Business and Wealth Magazine's Up and Comer, and their Apogee Award. Giancarlo, welcome to the show. Thank you. So why Mr. Manufacturing and why walk-in coolers? Uh, you know, I'll take the walk-in cooler question, but it's kind of all interrelated. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I got into this... Um, walk-in cooler segment basically through uh family and um you know uh my a quick personal history is uh my uh on my dad's side we we're uh, cuban immigrants and my, my grandfather had a, a company in cuba that made uh like big oil storage tanks and mm -hmm. uh like bridges and stuff like with manufacturing and big stuff like big projects and then the communist revolution uh, happened and, mm -hmm. and, you know, where they seized private property and there was a lot of uh, turmoil. So they left. And um, long story short, um, he, he started up again in Puerto Rico. My, my dad grew up in that environment then. And, and um, you know, um, so as my grandfather started up again in Puerto Rico, he started building bridges again and all of mm -hmm. that. And, mm -hmm. and um, he ended up getting sick and selling everything. But that passion for manufacturing and building big things that are like pretty cool, I guess, just stayed in the family. <laughs> and, uh, and my dad, um, you know, eventually moved to the United States. And, uh, you know, his story is that he saw, you know, driving down the highway one day, a giant like refrigerated warehouse. And it was big and he loved big and it was manufacturing and he loved manufacturing and mm -hmm. when it was like engineering and he's like i love it you know so um he decided that's what he wanted to do with his life and um 
you know, me, uh, obviously I, I, I grew up uh, around my dad and I saw all of that. And, and, um, you know, I personally, uh, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, and, uh, you know, my role has been, um, I don't know. I, 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 I enjoy business very much. Uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, my, my, probably my strength is more in the sales and, and, and management more than like an operations or engineer, definitely not an engineer. Uh, so yeah, I, I just, uh, wanted to build upon the legacy and, and, and make it better and grow it and, and everyone's going to benefit. So yeah, I would say now we've grown a lot and, uh, we continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year was a exceptional year. This year's already off to a very nice bang. And, um, here we are now going back to your question of Mr. Manufacturing, uh, you know, admittedly, um, you know, I started thinking one day, I'm like, okay, I mean, I guess I could post a bunch of pictures of walking coolers on Instagram and LinkedIn. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but after like the second one, people are going to be like, okay, like it's a piece of metal with like foam. And like, it's, <laughs> we've seen you know, enough of these things. coolers. We've yeah, seen yeah. enough of it. So what else you got? Right. So, um, I, uh, I wanted to bring uh, attention to the company and uh, expand our profile, uh, but in a more interesting way. So, you know, brainstorming with some friends are like, look, man, you do a lot of manufacturing. It looks like you know what you're doing. Like, you're like Mr. Manufacturing. And I'm like, Mr. Manufacturing, you know? <laughs> Thank <laughs> I you like for that. that. <laughs> Thank you. You know, so yeah. uh, they're like, you should call yourself that. So uh, I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. So basically, I, I created this identity of Mr. Manufacturing, and I used it to uh, display a lot of the stuff that we're doing within the company, mm-hmm. uh, manufacturing, team building, investments, like basic business principles. Uh, and then like it was creating a, a more exciting content, and then it would tie into AmeriCooler. Inevitably, people mm-hmm. would ask, okay, mm-hmm. what, what does this guy do, right? Oh, oh, he's the CEO of AmeriCooler, you know? Oh, but he's Mr. Manufacturing. So it was a, a way, a creative way of, of marketing and branding myself in the mm-hmm. content, tying it into what I actually do, but also with a vision towards like what I would like to start doing, which is uh, bigger than just making walk-in coolers, which, you know, we can get into that. So, well, so that's kind of where we are. Yeah, thank you for, for sharing that, Giancarlo. Is, is so interesting to me. So I immediately picked up on that, by the way, because I'm going through your Instagram feed and I'm seeing some funny things in there about manufacturing, but also like Bernie Sanders with the mittens inside the AmeriCooler and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. some uh, humorous shots yeah. like that. And it's interesting. You don't Correct. see, I don't, I've interviewed now probably like close to 90 to 100 CEOs and I would say less than 5% maybe less than 10% are really, really active in social media. Uh, most of them just kind of flirt with it a little bit, but not with the intensity and, and strategic lens that, that you are applying to it. What advice do you have for current leaders, rising leaders when it comes to social media? Um, I guess, uh, you know, everyone has a, uh, it depends, right? In my situation, I, uh, you know, I guess I, I am uh, one of the owners of the company and stuff, so I have a little more flexibility to talk about whatever I want to talk about. 
if if you're not in that role, like probably you may have to censor a little bit more what you show and what you do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, you know, my my basic uh, approach is similar to. Um, I've been strategic about it, right? So, like mm-hmm. one example I like to give sometimes is like, how many uh, followers does Tesla have? Mm-hmm. Like Tesla, Twitter or Instagram okay. versus how much does Elon Musk have? So when you read in the mm-hmm. news, are you reading about Tesla said or Elon Musk, right? So I, I don't, I don't know if he did this when he was thinking about it, uh, but uh, you know, in a way it's like uh, people are a hell of a lot more interested in what Elon Musk says than what Tesla says, you know? So again, I, I kind of took a similar you know, and, and I didn't really think about it this much when I started it, but I was like, I think people are more interested in me than actually a Cooler because I'm a person, yep. you know. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that again has been part of my strategy. So, so advice, I would say, uh, you know, I, I, you know, you got to be authentic. I would say people uh, read that. I, I would say do it yourself. It's harder to do it yourself, but sometimes people delegate their social media to someone. And yep. they, they try to automate it and they're like, oh, yeah, you set this thing in a post, uh, whatever. That stuff never works. And, and when people type their a caption and they don't do it themselves, it's never the same, you know, like mm. uh, it's just not right. There's only one Ben Fanning. Right. So uh, people want to hear your voice. They want you to be authentic. And, and um, you know, and then and then uh, I'm, I'm very uh, metrics based, too. So. Like if it didn't gain any traction for me business wise, I wouldn't keep doing it. But mm-hmm. I saw that it was, so I'm like encouraged, you know. But if you start to mm-hmm. do it and experiment with it, and it brings no value to you or your business, then inevitably, then why waste your time, right? Well, so, so the you want to try to be engaging and, and have it get interest. Go so ahead. some great advice there on many levels in terms of why you should use social media, how to go about it. A great little mini playbook for people. What's a time when maybe you posted on LinkedIn or Instagram and you saw it sort of generate positive business results for your company? Uh, so like in my case, um, I'll give you a good example. Um, like starting off in this industry. So my industry is food service equipment, right? <laughs> and uh, it's like a niche, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I would go to conferences, trade shows, uh you name it and uh i would have to introduce myself i had to talk about what i do and it was just very inefficient i was Mm. like this is terrible like i want to really accelerate this like my dream is to come to one of these conferences and people come introduce themselves to me that way it's a lot more efficient right or they know me already instead of me it is efficient to thousands yeah. of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I wanted to get from there to like, uh, to the, to the, you know, uh, in the most efficient way. So I'm like, okay. So inevitably I started posting finally, and I was consistent. Consistency is important because sometimes people start, they post 500 pictures in three days and they're like, okay, I'm done. Right. And they get discouraged. Mm-hmm. It's better to post one picture a week for 50 mm-hmm. weeks straight than to post 50 pictures in two weeks. Because you know, yep. then you flood people's content. You don't want to flood people's content. Mm-hmm. That's very annoying. And people will unfollow you quick. 
Like, so, uh, there's, there's 50 pictures of coolers on my Instagram or my LinkedIn feed. What is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. So you want to pace yourself. Uh, I would say pacing yourself is important. So long story short, I started posting and then I would go to a conference and people like, mm-hmm. you know, I saw that picture of you bought a new machine or, hey, you just hired so-and-so. And then inevitably, like, I was like, okay. And I would remember like the comments or the pictures that they would bring up. And I'm like, okay, yeah. let me do more of that. Less yeah. of this. And then little by little, now when I go to these conferences, by and large, it's not that everyone knows me or knows who I am, but it's a lot better than what it used to be. And my brand is out, my personal brand plus the business brand. And now, again, it, it, it's made my job a lot easier. So many good things there. First of all, you said earlier, hey, people don't have a relationship or aren't looking for content from AmeriCooler specifically, but they want to know the people making the stuff, the people leading, you know, like you leading the charge and they can have an emotional connection with that. And I love, I mean, I think what you're saying is so spot on and so many leaders miss this y'all. You're going to these conferences, you're seeing thousands of people. You're just getting lost in the crowd. Not to mention you're also exerting so much effort and by creating a social media connection, they're going to look for you. They're going to ask about your family. Cause I know on Instagram, you are posting about your family. Uh, you're going to, you're mm-hmm. they're going to ask you about that really cool home renovation that you're involved in. Cause I watched the video on Instagram where you're actually installing this tricked out Amera walk-in cooler right next to their tricked out refrigerator. I don't know whose house that was, but I like a sweet kitchen. Yeah. It's not my house. I wish <laughs> it was my house. But it's not my house. And you mentioned somebody yeah. else in that, some celebrity. It wasn't there. You said somebody's moving or Pharrell just moved to town. Oh, I don't Pharrell think just moved to, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I thought he overpaid for the house he did, but in hindsight, that was brilliant because the house is worth like 20 million more than what he paid for it. But, but yeah, I think the points noted that, this is a missed opportunity for so many people. And um, not to get us too far off tangent here, but you're so, I mean, you're, you're bringing your family into the social media. You're really bringing in Giancarlo from, from many angles. Mm-hmm. Where do you, or what's advice do you have for leaders who, Say, look, you know, I, I don't want my family's picture out there. I don't want to show this personal side. Um, what, what do you think uh, about that perspective? I, uh, I personally uh, feel I don't necessarily. I personally don't like to share my personal life that much. A lot of my my Instagram was purely business related for a long time and Mm -hmm. and then um you know i wanted to start incorporating obviously extremely important part of my life which is my family um and i still do it very with some trepidation because uh you know there's that privacy portion of it so i guess what what i'll say is um everyone is a human and everyone has a struggle and a passion and everything. So, you know, uh, and everyone I, I would say is happy for you. So for example, like on LinkedIn, I I've only shared like one personal picture and it was extremely popular. A lot of people liked it and, um, and it was good. I mean, it was hard for me to share that because I, I do actually like my privacy a lot. Uh, 
So I guess uh, my opinion on that is um, everyone's different. Some mm -hmm. people love sharing their personal life. I don't like sharing it that much. But when I do, it's because it's something obviously I'm, I'm happy about. And, and it could be a, a way to enhance the connection with people when you do share strategically and selectively some mm -hmm. personal stuff. Like if you just have a new baby or something like that. Uh, it just helps people to connect with you on a whole different level. So I, I share it sparingly, uh, but it's good for people to see, you know, some of your personal life. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it is a little bit of a risk, but I've seen a lot of what you're saying, right? We get so used to seeing this LinkedIn feed of business, business, of business achievements and ideas and service and whatnot. Then you see one and say, hey, a guy I've been following for a while, you know, they got some big family news. It's refreshing and it does immediately deepen the relationship. And I will say this, uh, I don't remember a lot of the posts. I'm on LinkedIn all the time myself. And it's hard for me to remember specific posts, but everyone I specifically remember has been some sort of uh, family oriented post that someone posted. Yeah. yeah like yeah, my yeah. friend Mike like just got engaged and he put all these engagement pictures on there. He never posts that stuff. But like, of all Mike's posts, he posts every day. Mike Guncalvis. Hey, Mike. Uh, every day he posts, but that's the one for him. Yeah, hit like on. Yeah. It, exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, people will hit like more on that one personal post. Now, if you post every day personal, then you start to desensitize people. But like if it's yeah. business, 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 and then bam, a personal one, people love it, you yeah. know, usually because yeah. they're happy for you legitimately, yeah. you know? If you're engaged, or you got married, or you have a baby, I mean, it was, you know, it's very rare that people will not like that picture. So let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, what was your first job and what did you take away from that from a leadership perspective? So, you know, my uh, personal uh, career uh, history is very tied to the company because of, mm -hmm. you know, my, my roots. So my first job was here at the company. Uh, and it was doing simple things like filling envelopes. Uh, or we, we make these cam locks things and you got to fill them up with insulation. You know, that, that was a lot of my, uh, first, um, learning uh, it from the bottom job, up. the bottom up, the bottom up. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Luckily, I, I did get that opportunity to learn a lot, you know. Um, so that, that was my, my first job. It was here. Get a simple tool to approximate your cost of turnover in 10 seconds or less. Right now, go to benfanning.com slash turnover. Did you know the average cost of turnover is $235,975 per employee per year? If you're like most leaders, you don't know your number. Go to benfanning.com slash turnover right now and download the simple tool to start getting a handle on this catastrophic cost. What's the one trait you wish you could instill in every employee and why is that important? Uh, I would say the one trait is, uh, you know, to treat it uh, as if it was your company. Hmm. Uh, so like that ownership feeling. So it's similar to like, uh, you know, if, if at your house and again, everyone's different, but you basically, uh, you don't waste usually, right. You, uh, you clean up after yourself for the most part. Yep. 
you know, you're careful with what you've spend on and stuff like that. So it's the same here. Like, uh, it'll be, uh, kind of hypocritical to be one way at your house and you come to work and, and, you know, you, you eat something, you throw it on the floor or, or mm. you, you know, just will leave the, the faucet running and you know what I mean? So, uh, you want to treat it as if it were yours. Like I would say that's a very good, um, uh mentality and then people say well why it's not mine well you know uh, that's how you should treat everything like uh, if it's not yours you should treat it even better possibly right yeah and i like um, that grounding question we I mean, didn't say it this way but it's just like hey would you do that at home you know would you be throwing right. trash on some people might say yeah i would throw trash on my house or whatever <laughs> that's maybe not their best i know <laughs> but you got to be careful with that but yeah helping people find a way to think through it for themselves around the importance of ownership and getting that. I mean, right. honestly, that, that that's come up several times about ownership because even with my team, I'm constantly, it's not their company, but it is their company, right? This is, this is where they're living. They're working and living and contributing. And yeah, we want to run, you know, as tight and clean a ship as possible and get the best results. Cause as the company grows, guess what? It makes, creates more opportunity. And Lord knows Correct. you guys have been growing an awful lot. I mean, what's been the yeah. key behind the five X growth? Or maybe more. Um, than, am I downplaying it by five yeah. Xing it? It's been a lot. Five fold. No, okay. I mean, look last. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, look, uh, thank God. Thank God. You know, I personally, I, I have a very strong faith in God. So I thank God every day. Um, and, you know, I, I think uh, that relationship is important because also you start to listen to some of your gut instincts a little bit. Um, and uh, like I said, thank God we, we've been able to make uh, intelligent decisions, not all of them, okay, but have led to growth and, and, and we got lucky in many instances, okay. Like last year, there was something that happened that I couldn't have planned. Um, but, uh, we've been planting a lot of seeds, you know, me personally, I, I am, a, uh, I am a high growth, you know, I like to grow the company. Not everyone is like that, believe it or not. Right. I like to sell. I like to grow. I like to develop it. I like, like to me, that represents energy, excitement. Yeah. Passion, I can see that about you. Opportunities. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> the company's growing, you know, like that's my job too. Like. We have a, a, a nice big facility here. Like, and I don't ever want to have to send anyone home early. I want people working overtime, you know, so I want to keep yeah. this thing humming. You want to have those that? kinds of problems versus the other kind of problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what I tell people too. Time. Yeah, yeah. You don't ever want to like, uh, oh, we don't have enough work. We got to send. No, 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 no. That's then I'm not doing my job well. So. Uh, mm. we've been focused on that. We've been, you know, I, I started to benchmark us against like the top people in our industry, not the, the top companies, which are doing, we're doing huge revenue, much bigger than us versus the, the guys that were local and smaller is that if we're going to aim, let's aim for the top, you know? So mm -hmm. that shifted the mentality a lot. It helped us hire the right people to get the right partners in the marketplace. And, and honestly, just, a lot of persistence, uh, a lot of persistence and a lot of just, uh, you know, never giving up. And then 
out of that, we, we started to get some lucky breaks. And then last year we hit some, we had been growing, but last year was definitely exponential. And then this year we're already on a nice, you know, path. We talked about growth problems. So congratulations on all your growth, but you got to have people right for that growth mm -hmm. and this environment. And for those listening, this is sort of what we hope is the tail end of this whole pandemic deal. Uh, there's, there's been a lot of turnover in the, in the industry. And that's something that we're working with companies a lot around to, to mitigate that and to reduce the cost of turnover. Do you believe that the cost of turnover is something, uh, Giancarlos, that leaders need to be tracking and being aware of? Yeah. Uh, so turnover has been, uh, you know, I don't know, they called it the great resignation, which I still don't understand, like the thought behind it. But there's been a lot of turnover. Uh, and yes, if, if you can track it, I think it's a, it's a, it's like a hidden cost. We call that like a hidden cost. Cause it's not something you're tracking. You may say, Oh, my labor's yeah. high. My labor's high. What do you mean? Drill down. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well I've yeah. had to hire 30 new people and train them. So we're doing overtime because they're not producing it. Oh, okay. Exactly. Yes. So turnover is like a very real cost. So yeah, you know, I would say turnover is look on the one hand, you read every business book and they're always saying, get the right people on the bus, get the wrong people yeah. off the bus. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm, I'm like, okay, great. But are you the one like hiring and training all the new people when you tell me to do that? So on the one hand, you want to make sure you have the best people on the other. You want to retain the really good ones that you have because there is a cost to turnover and it's inevitable. Like uh, if you have to train someone new every single day, you're not as productive, nor mm -hmm. are they. Right? They need to settle into the role and learn it and then then they can start yes. to produce. So, yeah. So without including names, what's your most colorful story of when someone quit or was fired? Uh. Yeah, I, um, you know, in general, uh, I tend to, uh, my belief is uh, I like to uh, remain on good terms with people that aren't with the company anymore, if, if possible, right? Uh, but yeah, like there's, there was one instance where uh, we decided to part ways with someone and um uh, I mean, I feel like they really took it harshly and, um, you know, they got, uh, you know, I guess I don't want to, I'm definitely not going to bring up names or anything, but, uh, probably a wise thing to do. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, yeah, I guess, uh, it, it was, it was a quite, a uh, a, a scene. Okay. It was quite a scene. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, as a personal note, I guess sometimes it's good. You got to self-reflect, right? Like if someone's going to be terminated, number one, they shouldn't be tremendously surprised, right? Uh, that means you didn't do a good job, right? As a, their yeah, manager. I agree. Yeah. They should see it coming. And, and they should say things are not going well. They should know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You should give them. Yeah, yeah, and then but 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 if you are terminated or something, I mean, you just mm -hmm. gotta uh, stay professional, you know. Do you want to give any details on what this scene was? You said it was quite a scene. <laughs> Listeners are probably like on pins and needles, like, what is quite a scene mean? Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of. Uh, 
uh yeah i mean uh, the police had to come and escort and um you know yeah. um but um yeah i guess i i, I don't want to get into much more detail right. than that but uh you know look there's been uh, other cases where um uh you know it's gone very well and and and, and the best scenario i'll tell you the best scenario is usually like uh, usually when someone's not happy at their job it's it's some it's semi apparent at least a little bit and vice versa right if you can sit down and have an honest conversation with the person sure. and say look how are you feeling i'm not happy okay well we're not we're probably not a good fit let's work together on an exit in other words you take time you you if you got to leave early you got to do this you can do, you can go ahead and do that conversely when I hire someone new to replace you, you help me with the, with the onboarding and all that. And everyone wins. That's really what, what yeah. uh, I think is an ideal scenario. Yeah. That creates more a win-win because people think the win-win oftentimes the employee gets to stay at the company. Sometimes the biggest win for the employee is getting a nice, respectful exit and it sets them Correct. up for their next opportunity, you know, and who knows, maybe a boomerang employee where they come back eventually, you know, but, uh, I think having, like what you said, having that vision in mind helps you have those conversations more effectively because you've already thought through what needs to happen versus going in, which a lot of leaders do, and they just wing those conversations. Uh, but having that yeah. step-by-step plan, I think, can be uh, really Yeah, effective. yeah, yeah. Correct. When's the time you had an unexpected twist or failure in your career, and how did it lead to your success or growth on down the road? Uh, you know, that, that's <laughs> every other day, I would say you get thrown a curveball. Uh, uh -huh. you know, one, one big curveball for me was, uh, we, um, you know, uh, the importance of accurate financial data is, is, uh, it's, it's extremely important. All right. So I guess long story short. Uh, I was presented with financial data that made us seem like we were doing better than we were. Mm -hmm. And then, and next thing you know, like I'm away, like at a, at a, some learning course and I get an email like, Oh, by the way, uh, you know, the, the income statement that I showed you, it's actually like boom, way different oh, to the boy. negative. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it would be like the equivalent of, of like, uh, you look at your bank account or something, you're like, okay, it's looking good that the bank calls you like, oh, wait, we made a mistake. It's actually negative, whatever you see in that. So uh, that was shocking, absolutely shocking for me and disappointing. And, and, and it caused enormous pain because uh, I had to change my plan. I had to make decisions that were very tough here in the business. Um. But out of that came a lot of good, you know, I, I cleaned up a lot of the financial reporting. Uh, I'm a lot more responsible uh, fiscally, um, you know, and uh, you just gotta, <laughs> you gotta be able to pivot real quick, you know? So I, I learned a lot from that and, um, you know, stuff like that happens all the time, you know, where you get thrown a curveball and you're just like, whoa, you know, you just gotta move quick. You can't really sit and, and dwell on it too much. Yeah, I love how you've reflected on that too. You've really milked the learning from it because, mm -hmm. I mean, yes, you went to Harvard, but I bet no no Harvard course can accelerate your learning like which like like that moment where you had to respond 
there's no learning like doing. Do you find that to be the case? Absolutely. <laughs> you can only read so many books before yeah. you got to get burned yourself. You know, I can tell you don't touch the stove all you want, but when you touch it and you burn your yeah, finger, yeah. you're you like, okay, forget. now I understand. Yeah, you don't, you don't forget, forget those lessons. Yeah, and uh, I mean, what, what an amazing moment to realize, you know, and in the, in the example of the financial statement that, hey, I need to spend more time here. Uh, and to focus that and how that can, because I mean, I, yeah, I, it can really, that something like that can turn a great day into a bad day at the click of your fingers. And like you say, you got to change your plan or whatnot. So, wow. What a, what a great story there. What are three mm -hmm. success strategies that every employee needs to be keeping in mind? Um, uh, well, again, I, I'm still learning and, uh, certainly there's been, uh, people a lot more successful than me. I guess I can only share from my experience. Uh, you know, I, I would say, uh, number one is, uh, again, I treat the company as if it were yours because everyone will feel that. Um, so mm -hmm. in other words, let's say it were your company, like how would you want people to work? Um, you know, and it's the same with me. Like I treat myself as if like I, I benchmark myself as, okay, if someone were to replace me, how much better would they be doing than me? And that's me. So I'm, I'm, so every day I'm like, I got to come in, I got to earn my job. I got to do the best that I can. So having that, that mentality of, I guess, you know, ownership, but, but really having to earn your job every day, I would say is very important. So mm -hmm. that's like uh, being humble, you know, like one thing is to come in and say, they're lucky to have me. The other thing is like, okay, I, I I'm going to give it all because there's someone out there who could do the job better than me. And I, I'm going to just keep learning and I'm going to, you know, do my best every day. So I would say that, I don't know if that's uh, one and two, but uh, I would say that mentality yeah. is very important. Uh, you know, and, and, and this may be first or after, but, you know, ethics is extremely important. Um, basic ethics and principles, you know, like I would tie that together with professionalism. You want to treat mm -hmm. others how you would like to be treated. So, you know, um, that's fundamental, like self-control, uh, ethics, like, uh, yep. you know, don't get, don't do, I think a lot of success, like there's some people who have tremendous talent and, and what, what causes their downfall is like a mistake that could have been avoided. Like if, if, if in life, I think if you were to just avoid making mistakes, you would just go further, you know? So I would say the ethics will, will keep you uh, in line so you don't make like an unforced error, a mistake that could have been avoided, you know? Whether it's uh, a comment to someone that shouldn't have been made or treatment or... Mm -hmm. uh, whatever, or you know what I mean? Uh, and I guess the, the last is, um, uh, I believe a lot in networking and relationships. Um, that's great. And, and that, that also kind of ties in with, with maintaining your existing relationship. Like if, if I'm working somewhere and let's say I do want to leave because I feel like I can do better. I mean, wouldn't you want to leave on good terms so that your current employer is like, hey, you know what, man, I wish I could keep you, but you know what, I'm going to, if you want, I'll put in a good word for you wherever you're trying to go. You know, I think that's good. You know, you want to build like 
your resume isn't just where you worked. It's like the, the impact you had on the people and what they say about you. So, and also uh, networking is good because uh, it'll just open up opportunities. So I would say networking and, and solidifying relationships and uh, maintaining relationships is, is very important. Last question. How do you lead a balanced corporate life? How do I lead a balanced corporate life? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you mean? Like personal and work life stuff? Yeah. How do you, yeah. How do you keep going and sort of balance this corporate life you have, uh, in ways that, you know, takes into account your family, your health, uh, you know, all, all those things that kind of make Giancarlo who he is today. Uh, you know, I have my priorities in my mind. Mm. So, um, you know, and my wife and I talk about this all the time, but, you know, uh, as I mentioned before, my relationship to God is very important. I think that keeps things in good perspective for me. And then, um, and then the family, my family, my wife and my daughters, you know, come before my career in my case, mm-hmm. uh, because as we all know, anyone who who's in a relationship or married or unmarried or whatever, you know, uh, if that's not taken care of, like inevitably your career is going to suffer. Right. And then, and then after all of that is, 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 is my career. So, uh, you know, that's kind of how I mean, I mean, so maintain my decision-making and my balance, you know, um, like if it's the other way around that you're going to make decisions that like maybe short-term feel good, but medium and long-term will drag you down. So, Great way to end that. The one big word that came out of there for me was priority and prioritizing. Yeah. It's so easy to let, to become, just forget what the priorities are and just be sucked into the urgent versus understanding yeah. what the important is and uh, going through that process. And, and, and I can relate to that when that, when things are going really well at home, it provides such a positive foundation for growth for me professionally and with things are going great professionally, but not as good with my health or at home, it's like it, it doesn't, it just doesn't click even when it's. Yeah. And, and, and you see that all the time. Yes. Uh, you know, with the health thing too, obviously that's important, right? I do exercise regularly five days you, a week. What do you do for exercise? Even if it's for 20 minutes. Okay. What do you do for <laughs> you know, exercise? Like different things. I used to do a lot of strength training. Okay. Um, now I do a lot more cardio than I used to. Okay. Like running I don't, I don't or have to deadlift 350 pounds. I do, uh, yeah. Like uh, I went for a jog this morning I'll okay. do elliptical. I'll do all of that. You know, I, I used to do a lot of boot camp stuff. I don't do that anymore. Did you say you but, used to uh, deadlift 350 pounds? Yeah. 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 Like that was, uh, man, you're a beast. Yeah. I just, <laughs> no, I, there's people that do a lot more than that. I, I don't know if it was 350, like my personal trainer, if he, if he hears this, he's going to be like, no, it was 282. Okay, <laughs> it whatever. Was, it was 301. Okay, it's still. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. more than my body weight. Okay, I give you some credit for exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I don't do that anymore. I don't I don't have the need to squat uh, all this weight. But, um, but yeah, I think you got to take care of your body inevitably. You know, we see that on a daily basis, you know, uh, or, you know, not to use it, but you know, uh, you can look at Steve jobs, climax of success. And eventually his health, you know, was what it was. You got to take care of your health. 
we got to prioritize it and 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 everything else so yes great great word to wrap this up on Giancarlo, which is priority. Priorities. Priorities. All right. Thanks for coming on today, Giancarlo. Appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you so much. If you're an executive at a crossroads in your career and thinking about quitting, do this before you do anything else. Head over to benfanning.com slash quit to receive a free signed copy of my number one best-selling book, The Quit Alternative, The Blueprint for Creating the Job You Love Without Quitting. You'll learn the critical questions you must answer before you make such an impactful decision. Go to benfanning.com slash quit to get this valuable resource for just the cost of shipping. Ben Fanning is a number one best-selling author, Inc. Magazine columnist, and CEO of the Fanning Group, an international consultancy and corporate training company. To learn how they can help your organization, go to benfanning.com.